Well, welcome everyone. I am Kevin Hissong and welcome to episode three of Rain Over Money. Today we are going to be talking about debt. Is there such a thing as good debt anymore? We'll get into what I mean by that in just a minute. As I talked about last time, we've kind of got this diagram or diamond that we're building through here to help us rain over our money, breaking things down into different segments. So I'll show you real quick where we are on that diagram. We're entering into part two of this. And you can see debt management now, the next triangle stepping stone for this. Again, if you're listening on the podcast, I will have this out on the website under the tools area as well. So you can see where we're moving towards now. Uh, so what do I mean by good debt? Well, when I was growing up, uh, I was always told that about the only good debt there was, was, was a mortgage. And I guess, why is that? Uh, well, for one reason, primarily assets that grow more than you're paying in terms of the interest rate would be considered good debt. Um, that being said, I'm a pretty firm believer that the housing market and, and, and home prices continue to go up over time. Now, obviously you've got some very hot markets that uh, fluctuate quite a, quite a bit, but you know, in the Midwest, things like that where we live, it, it's a pretty steady low rise, slow and low, I guess you could say, which isn't a bad thing. So with that being said, you know, if you got into interest rates anywhere around five, four, three, and even down, we, we got lucky enough to get 2% a couple years ago when re, we refinanced, um, you know, the home's probably gonna appreciate more than that two, three or 4%. A little different story right now with how markets are, and we'll get to that in a second. But again, that being said, that's, that's what we mean by good debt. Uh, whatever you're taking the loan out on, whatever debt you're taking on, can that asset increase more uh, than what you're paying for it in terms of the, the, the price of the loan? There's also another piece that really isn't so popular anymore about good debt. And that was that, you, that you'd always hear people say, well, yeah, you can just write off the, the mortgage expense, uh, deduct the mortgage interest. Still the case, uh, don't get me wrong, that is still the case, but in the last couple of years, uh, the standard deduction has been raised for individuals and, and those that file jointly. Uh, give you an example here. If you're filing taxes this year as a single, uh, your standard deduction is going to be about $12,950. If you're married filing jointly, uh, your standard deduction is going to be about $25,900, almost $26,000 as a standard deduction. So if your itemized deductions um, those things that you add together that trump the standard deduction are higher, great, you can, you can itemize deductions. But I will even say in our case, we itemized deductions probably the previous eight years, and last year was the first year that we did not itemize deductions. The standard deduction has just grown too much. And just kind of looking ahead at this year, uh, the standard deduction is going to be too high as well. So really for the last two years, uh, we're not able to use our mortgage interest as something to help reduce how much we owe in taxes. So just something to think about and consider uh, when you're looking at that. Now, if you've got a, a larger interest rate or, or a bigger loan payment, you're going to have much more of an interest payment and uh, maybe it's still okay for you all, but uh, just something to keep in mind. You know, taxes, we'll get into talking about taxes and understanding taxes a little bit more down the road, uh, but that's definitely something you wanna keep an eye on. So when we talk about debt, what are the different kinds of debt? Um, I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, oddball things out there, but the primary ones, as we talked about, uh, home, you know, you know, a mortgage, buying a house, 
And I know a lot of people out there rent, uh, whether it's renting an apartment, renting a house, whatever it may be, for, for many different situations. And, and I understand that, and you know, everyone's gonna do what they're gonna do. Uh, but this is primarily focused on for those that are owning or looking to own a home um, in terms of the mortgage. Uh, that you're going to owe on your primary house. And again, I'm talking about primary house. Again, I'm not a real estate mogul. I don't have multiple houses that I rent out or anything like that. So, you know, as most people, we're, we're just talking about our primary um, place we live, primary residence. So that's the home mortgage side of things. Interest rates have gone through a huge, huge change over the last year. And that's really affected uh, selling and buying. Uh, of homes. You may see that. You may have friends that are realtors uh, that talk about that, or you may see it in the news. Uh, just to give you an example, you know, the Fed has raised interest rates multiple times over the last year. Right now, I just went out to bankrate.com. And if you're ever looking for rates, bankrate.com uh, is a great site just to get an idea of where current rates are. I'll put the link out on the website, but it, it's a tool I use from time to time, whether it's mortgage rates or CD rates or money market rates or whatever. They've just got all the rates out there. So very nice to use. Uh, but right now rates, 6.52% uh, for a 30-year mortgage. Comparing that to a year ago, a year ago it was still only 3.11% for a 30-year mortgage. So obviously things have changed a lot in one year. Uh, I think they'll probably stay that way for a little while, if not a little longer than that, before they start to come back down. We may even see it go a little bit higher. Uh, but again, it just goes to show how much things have changed just in a year. And that timing of when you're purchasing or looking to buy or sell a house uh, could have had a big effect on some of your decisions. And speaking of that, there's also some other numbers. I'm getting a little, a little off track here, but there's, there's a couple other numbers you should know or, or at least keep an eye on from time to time if you're gonna reign over your money and just be money wise in general about things because you'll hear this stuff on the news, see it in the paper, uh, whatever, it's still, if people still read the paper. I don't even know if, if people still read the paper. But um, you know, one thing, as I mentioned, is the 30 year. Uh, another thing, you should have an idea what the S&P 500 is doing. Uh, and you may say, well, what about the Dow and what about the NASDAQ? Yeah, you can follow that stuff as well. The Dow to me is just 30 stocks. It's kind of an old school, uh, older generation way to track things. But I'd rather look at the, you know, the 500 largest stocks and see how they're doing as, a, as an aggregate. So S&P just checked you know, year to day, just a few days in, 2.59%. If you go back over a year, it's lost almost 16%. So again, some big changes uh, there as well. Two other numbers I think you should keep an eye on. And one I think is pretty easy. You don't have to know the crude oil value. You could pretty much just gauge that from gas prices. Uh, but just to give you an idea, crude oil 73 now, um, was 78 uh, a year or so ago. So hasn't been a lot of change in crude oil, but and gas prices haven't changed a whole lot in the last year either. But we've definitely over the last couple of years seen a change in gas prices. If you look at that crude number going back two, three years, I'm sure it's going to be a lot less than 73. And the last number I think keep an eye on from time to time is the 10-year treasury note. Uh, that's the 10-year treasury put out by the, uh, the, the U.S. government. Right now that's paying 3.58% uh, on the 10-year. Last year it was 1.8%. So the tenure has risen quite a bit as well. So it's kind of an inverse relationship. When, it, you know, when interest rates rise, um, they can negatively affect a lot of things. Obviously mortgage rates go up, uh, credit card rates, you know, all those debt rates go up. But at the same time, it can help out maybe your high yield savings accounts. 
if you've looked at any CD rates lately or money market accounts, those are starting to pop up a little bit. So there could be some safe havens uh, to stick your money for six months or a year or so on the CD side and get a nice little rate of return, uh, maybe to, uh, to, to, to kind of hedge against inflation or whatever. Uh, so yeah, so, so some options there. Just some numbers to know uh, going forward. And I'll put some of those numbers out on the website too from time to time. And I will get a newsletter together here in the next couple weeks and I'll always include those numbers in the newsletter just because it's a nice little point to point thing I think to, to keep in mind to know where the economy and the market's going and so on. Uh, but getting back to debt, uh, we talked about home loans. Next one that I think a lot of people have uh, are car loans, car loans or leases. Uh, really hope people stay away from leases because that just seems, seems to be an ongoing thing and over and over payment. Uh, at least with a car loan, hopefully you're getting to a point where and I understand this. Again, again, people are in different situations. A car is a need for many people, and a lot of people don't have the money to just flat out write a check or pay cash for a car. So you need a loan uh, to get some assistance to buy that. It's the same thing as houses. Uh, the reason there's you know, home loans is because people don't have the cash on hand to make that kind of a large payment. Um, so going back to car loans, uh, hopefully, um, you know, you can avoid too large of a car payment. Obviously, anything that's an additional monthly payment is going to take away from what that money can do either in other places of your budget or to be discretional income to go towards uh, investing or whatnot. So car loans, definitely a loan that people have. And car loans are up quite high as well. Usually they're even higher than the 30-year mortgage. So uh, those rates have, have risen as well, both on new and used cars. If you got to get one, I definitely recommend going used just because in many cases that initial depreciation has come off the cars. And um, although I will say just the last year or so, we've seen that used cars are uh, inventories are very low. So used car prices are quite high as well. But we're a used car family. Uh, we try and get a car a couple years old, if possible, pay cash if possible for it. I, I did get a 0% finance on my car like seven years ago. So I went ahead and did that. Um, you know, it was a car payment, but I wasn't paying any interest on it. And I was able to, uh, to, to put that money I would have put towards a car elsewhere to earn more than 0% interest. So in my mind, that was good debt. Um, home equity loans. <clears throat> if you have a house, you do have an option if you have equity in the home to take out what you would consider really a second mortgage, I think even the banks may, may label it that, but it's a home equity loan, it's a line of credit. We use ours, we've, we've always had a home equity loan, and we use ours because uh, it's, it's a nice kind of emergency fund to have. As I mentioned in our last episode, when uh, you know, we're doing our money, our, our savings, our checking account, it's kind of a just-in-time situation where we don't keep a lot of extra money in there. So if something would come up, you know, an HVAC, as I mentioned, or, um, you know, another big payment that's got to come out immediately. It's nice to at least have that equity line to write a check off that. But then again, pay that off as soon as possible. Home equity lines and home equity credits, the um, interest rate rate's going to be definitely higher than your traditional mortgage. Uh, I looked the other day, and I think ours is like 9.64% right now. So that's gone up quite a bit. It was only 5 or 6%. Just, uh, just about six months ago. So home equity lines are gonna be higher. Definitely don't wanna keep money on there for a long time. Uh, but the nice thing is if you are itemizing deductions, that is an additional deduction you can take as the interest off that home equity line. And then getting into the big one, credit cards. Um, when it comes to credit cards, and when we think of debt, 
excuse me. One thing I think about with debt is I classify debt as anything you can't pay off in 30 days. A mortgage, you're not going to pay off in 30 days. A car, if you got a loan, you're not going to pay it off in 30 days. Credit cards, I don't consider debt, but that's because of how we use it. We always pay our credit cards off. We do use multiple credit cards. We reap the benefits, we reap the rewards, but we make sure we always pay them off. We started about 10 years ago consolidating everything onto our credit card. So if you look at our monthly bank statement, you know there's maybe seven to 10 transactions a month coming out of our bank account. All of our transactions are on credit cards. Uh, and again, they go into Mint and I run them through the budget and all that stuff. But uh, everything's on the credit card. I would say it's been 10 years since I've paid any interest on a credit card. Uh, and that was probably just a mistake for forgetting. I think I forgot to make a payment or something like that. Just straight up forgot. But anyways, uh, dangerous tool though, credit cards. If you're not organized, um, if you're putting much more on the credit cards than you can afford to pay on those credit cards, it's not gonna help you. Credit card debt can be very expensive. Interest rates in the high teens, 20%. A lot of people get in trouble with credit cards. So if you've gotten in a situation where you've got a lot of credit card debt, there are options out there. You can always look maybe to do a balance transfer, especially if you know you've got a good amount of income coming in or a good lump sum of income coming in over the next six months or a year. Sometimes you get a balance transfer and get a 0% on that uh, transfer until uh, six or 12 months down the road. Allow you to pay that off and not get that 18, 20% rolling interest rate that's only adding to your credit card debt. A lot of people just get in a, a vicious circle and cycle with that that they can't get out of. So just be careful with credit cards. We're gonna talk more specifically on credit cards, how we use them. I, I like the system we use with them. Um, and I think we use them to benefit us much more than the credit card companies. And we'll get into that. Cause I, I think it's a very cool way to uh, creatively finance some things, if you will. And then the last is personal loans. I mean, there's a lot of other different options out there, but personal loans, the, these uh, check cashing places and payday loans and things like that, uh, all I can say from that is please, please stay away from those. Um, huge interest rates, lots of uh, odd terms you have to be very careful about. So ju just stay away from those at, at all costs if you can. As I mentioned, why do we have debt? We have debt to pay for things, a need specifically that's too expensive to pay with cash. Um, how can debt be bad? I talked about credit cards. You can get in over, over your head with those credit cards and it just becomes that vicious cycle. Um, but I, I think the, the biggest thing is they take up valuable space in your budget. Anything, you know, if you can buy a used car for $10,000 less than a new car, uh, that extra $10,000 can go towards other things. It can go towards your budget. To not have a car payment on your budget is huge. Even to not have a home payment uh, on your budget is a huge thing. Uh, I could tell you firsthand from looking at my mom. My mom and dad's house was paid off when they retired. I mentioned he passed away early, but for my mom uh, to be widowed and not have that house payment, uh, living off only social security and maybe a little bit of a required minimum distribution from her account, it makes a huge difference. And that's our goal. Um, for, from our family standpoint, whenever we retire, and by retirement, in my mind, what I mean, is when we start taking more money from our bank accounts and retirement accounts than we have coming in in income from any other sources. Um, when we get to retirement, 
my goal is to have the house paid off. I do not want a house payment in retirement. And I really think it's something everyone should shoot for. I, I think it's a great goal to have out there and, and something that you can strive for just a little bit at a time, keep hacking away at it and take the opportunity as we've done, especially with mortgages. And I'm so focused on mortgages because they are the biggest chunk of debt for, for most people is to look, especially when rates come down at refinancing. I think a lot of people missed an opportunity when, when rates were so low over the last few years. But I will tell you, we've been in this house five years and refinanced two different times, started about 4.5%, took it down to 3.75%. But not only did we take it down to 3.75%, I took it from a 30-year mortgage to a 20-year mortgage. And then just, I think about a year and a half ago, took it down again to a 2% interest rate and only a 15-year mortgage. So not only are we reducing the amount of money we're paying in interest over the time of the loan, but we're also reducing how long we have to pay on it. So if you take the numbers out, 15 years, uh, I hope to retire in less than 15 years, but at least that lump sum payment at the end may not be as much as, uh, as it would have been over a 30-year loan or whatnot. So those are some things to keep in mind as maybe rates start to drop and we start to see some momentum that way. We'll talk a little bit more about that because there are some things to think about, but re refinancing is a great uh, way to reign over your money and a great tool to use uh, going forward as interest rates hopefully come down someday. So in closing, I just wanted to hit on those topics. Uh, debt management is it's next to being budget and organization. That's why it's on the next line. It is uh, hugely important, as I say, and I don't mean hugely important. I like saying that word, but you know, that's, that's the word I use because it is hugely important. So in closing, um, hope you enjoy the episode. I think I've hit my time. You know, take a, uh, if you like things, give me a thumbs up, subscribe. You'll get updated when there's new episodes out there. Uh, I may even try to get a second episode out this week, depending on how quick I can get this one up and running. Uh, so we maybe get a twofer this week. Because I do want to get into, I want to go back to the budgets and organization, dive into the budget a little bit more, and give you some actionable things that you can walk out your door, uh, maybe it's the grocery store or whatever, and start saving on immediately. Because there's things out there uh, that I think everyone can use, and we'll touch on that with the next episode. But uh, subscribe, like, uh, visit the website for tools, and I'll have links to the uh, the different numbers that I talked about, the 30-year, the S&P, the 10-year treasury, uh, just so you can keep an eye on those. Once I get the newsletter up, give a subscribe, and visit us on Instagram, Twitter, and if you're looking uh, for the podcast, it should be out and available on any of the different uh, podcast applications that you use out there, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Apple, whatever it may be, so it should be out there across the board. So thanks again for joining. Have a great rest of the week. Again, my name is Kevin Hissong with Rain Over Money, and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good day.